And so we've asked both Shane Jones and Winston Peters to be on the program today as well. They are unavailable. So Bevo, uh, this is what we know, that a new poll, and it must be said that only about 500 people took part in this poll. And polls need, isn't it, upwards of 750 in order to be deemed to be scientifically well, I, I, accurate? I think it depends on, nationally they need about 750, but I, I don't know what it would mean for an electorate, whether you need quite the same sample size. But um, it, yeah, it's worth pointing out. And, and well, the other thing, and, and it's a Colmar Brunton poll, so that they, they do take these things seriously. Uh, but Northland has pockets of great affluence and pockets of great poverty. And so a small sample size, to me, could skew things if you don't have an accurate representation mm. of that affluence and that poverty, uh, because Northland is all of those things. But anyway, the, the results of that poll for Northland, which, quick reminder of how MMP works, if New Zealand First don't get more than 5%, they have to win an electorate seat or they are gone. And on current polling, and yes, they do always poll worse in the build-up to elections than they actually do on election day, but on current polling, they have to win Northland. And Shane Jones is currently third. Uh, so as it stands at the moment, uh, Nationals Matt King in that poll, 46%. Labor's Willow Jean Prime on 31%. And Shane Jones, despite his profile and despite the Provincial Growth Fund, on 15%. Uh, the electorate seat, or rather the party vote in Northern, has Labour up on national by 3%. Uh, here is the Northern MP Matt King explaining why Shane Jones is polling so poorly. I personally think the Northern voters aren't fooled by this. They're not stupid. They can see what's going on. They can see the, uh, the slush fund and, and uh, it's not working for them. It's not working for New Zealand First. So joining us now, former MP turned political commentator, the man who extended daylight saving uh, for all New Zealanders. Uh, it is Peter Dunn. Peter, good afternoon. Hello, Tim. How are you? Doing good. Excellent. Hey, uh, Peter, do you think we now need to start preparing a fond farewell for Winston Peters? Is this, uh, is this the end for New Zealand first, or are we, or are we getting ahead of ourselves? Because I reckon he's gone burger. I think it's looking pretty close to that. Uh, a couple of factors. This is New Zealand's first third stint in government. It, following their two previous stints, they didn't cross the 5% in either the 1999 or the 2008 elections. So that trend looks to be locking in in the opinion polls, which means they've got to win, as you said, an electorate seat. And this morning's poll will be disastrous news for them. Um, they're not going to make up the ground in Northland in the next six weeks, I don't think. Were you and so they are staring down the barrel. Were you surprised at how badly uh, Shane Jones was trailing in that poll? I thought he'd be coming second, frankly. I didn't think he'd be in front, but I thought he'd be a healthy second. To be in third um, shows me a couple of things. One is that, uh, and I think Matt King's probably right, I wouldn't be quite as crude in my language, but I think that uh, Northland voters aren't changing their loyalty. The second is, give credit to Willow Jean Prime. She's running, obviously, a very strong campaign for Labour, given that Labour's got the party vote edge on national. And I think those two factors squeeze Jones out. So, is there any way Jones can pull this back? Because he's not exact—he's a great orator, isn't he? But he's not exactly a sort of hail fellow, well met retail politician, is he? I think he's a polarising character. There'll be some who love his style; others will find it just turns them off. It's going to be extraordinarily difficult for him. Even he admits that. Uh, particularly since Labour today, and I think the Prime Minister's confirmed it, is not prepared to do any sort of an electorate deal or accommodation. So he's going to have to get there on his own merits. What that means is he's got half Willow Jean Prime's vote at the moment or mm. a third of Matt King's vote. So 
he's got a massive road to um, to climb to, to get anywhere close to them. I mean, electric- uh, will the party get 5%? That's another question, but as I say, I think that's unlikely too. Electric deals aren't actually as straightforward because you have to have an electorate that is going to be totally complicit in that. Um, and uh, Do you think that that's one of the reasons that that's also not being offered as a as a, an olive branch or a, or a pathway for them because, you know what, it might fail and that's even worse. Yes, and I think if you look at electorate deals, normally they're built around an MP who's been there for a while and has got a presence anyway. Here's someone coming in saying, you know, because I, I think he's sort of Whangarei last time, vote for me, I'm Northland's saviour. It's a different ball game. So I think there would have been risk with an electorate deal. I think that... Um, in the circumstances, Labor's quite astute not to get involved in this sort of thing. So I don't think the circumstances suit them in either uh, Northland or Auckland Central, which I see they've been talking about with the Greens. Um, so it's going to be doing it all by himself. And on this morning's poll, he's not going to make it. Given that you led a small party and that you used to be in a major party, the, there are some comparisons with Winston Peters' situation. What happens to New Zealand First if they don't make it in this election for the future of the party? Well, it- it will depend on what, what Winston Peters decides. Um, whether, if he decides at his age that it's time to give politics away, uh, then I suppose two questions arise. One is, are there people with sufficient enthusiasm and energy to carry on the vision uh, in his absence? Or second, do they just all fold up and go away? And if they do, where do they distribute their votes to? So I think it really depends on what his view is. And I suspect he'd probably decide at this stage of his life and career that he does want to go fishing or do other things, in which case the good question will be where all those votes end up next time. Do they just flop back to national or do they go to Labour or does something else emerge out of the ashes? Or act, maybe. Or act, possibly. So it could be, you know, if, if, if we're talking, say, 4 or 5% of New Zealand first vote uh, going into the ether and redistributing over the next mm. three years, it could have quite an impact on a future political alignments. But I, I don't see New Zealand first without Winston Peters being a viable force in its own right. How much will that bug Winston Peters that, that he goes off to fish either in an ideal scenario on his own terms versus a less ideal scenario where you don't win, um, you don't get back in after an election? How much will that bug him? I think it will intensely because he's always been um, single-minded, really, and I give him credit for this, and saying he wanted to leave a legacy in the sense that the party would continue after him. Now, we're speculating that it won't, but mm. if it does, he might feel much happier sitting on the side of the wharf fishing, knowing that others are carrying on the good work, but it will be from outside the house. If it does all fold up and go away, uh, I think he'll feel pretty disappointed. As you mentioned the, about the question about where will those votes go in the in the coming years. Aren't we in danger of seeing that 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 um, transport of those votes happening in the next month or so? Because people will just look at New Zealand first and go, "Well, I'm wasting my vote now. I better better go somewhere yeah, I think else." Quite, quite likely, I quite likely, and in fact, uh, this poll today may accelerate that trend. Um, uh, it's a funny thing when you're up, you're up, and people want to climb on board the bandwagon. When you're down. Very few people want to come and rescue the sinking ship. They want to find the lifeboat. So I suspect this poll today will have driven a few more New Zealand First voters around the country off to other parties. Uh, And I think that's going to be very hard for them to come back from because at the end of the day, what a lot of voters will say was, yeah, Winston, look, I quite like your ideas, but you're not going to make it. How risky? I'm not going to waste my vote. How risky is it for New Zealand that, that New Zealand First is actually quite a mild, in my opinion, populist party? and that there's a certain percentage of the population who are drawn to populist politics, 
but but thank goodness New Zealand First aren't the kind of scary version of a populist party that you see in, in Europe, for example. So that if New Zealand First go, and that percentage of New Zealanders who are drawn to populism go to a party which is actually a whole lot worse. Yeah, there is a risk of that. I suspect the vote catchment for that type of party, though, was a lot smaller than 5%. I suspect most of the New Zealand First voters would go to more mainstream parties, but there's always a risk. We've always had that very extreme fringe element, and sadly, uh, there are some parties around today who sort of claim that reputation, you know, the conspiracy theorists on theorists on mass, etc. So there would be a home for some of them, but I don't think it would be enough to cause a political, um, any sort of political upset, although it could be socially disturbing. So Labour have had their launch. Um, what did you make of, what, what, does it, what does it mean to you? What's a COVID-19 election? And if you were in politics as, um, still, as a, well, as Peter Dunn, obviously, <laughs> um, what would you, would you be worried that there was, that was revealing um, an intention not to go reveal a hell of a lot of policy as opposed to, look, trust us, we know what we're doing? Yes, in a word. I think this government has had a pretty patchy record to date. COVID came along as a remarkable saviour. It's done well during the COVID um, response and, and needs credit for that. And I think what it's worked out is it's far better campaigning on COVID and what we did during COVID rather than what we didn't do with Kiwi Build or Auckland Light Rail or all the other things they've tried and failed at doing. So I think it was a realistic if somewhat cynical response from the Prime Minister, but it puts the other parties in a very difficult position because if Labour's campaigning solely on COVID, if you're national, for instance, saying, yeah, that's all very well, but we want, we want to talk about housing and we want to talk about everything else, you, you, you sort of run the risk of just being swamped. Uh, because those issues are seen as not relevant to the issue of the day, which is which is dealing with COVID. So mm. it's going to be a, quite a difficult balancing act, I think, for the other parties, even the Greens, to try and get in on if the if the Labour Party just keeps running the COVID, COVID, COVID message. Mm. Is it also a little bit of a gamble on Labour's part that uh, you know people might be going, "Yes, we love you," and then after a couple of weeks, when the questions about tax and other things come up, and they just aren't really playing ball, what do you? Is it a risk for Labour to to run this line? Yes, it's a huge risk for that reason, and also. What if in the next few weeks there is a significant community outbreak? The, the, the sort of the golden record suddenly starts to look very tarnished and having hitched your star solely to that could well bounce back very badly. So it is a high-risk strategy. I suspect Labor's probably got a few policies up its sleeve that it will wheel out just in case that eventuality um, looks likely. Uh, but I think they've got to be very careful that people don't say, look, yeah, that's all very well. You did a good job there. Full credit to you. But I still am on the state house waiting list, so I still want a job. What are you going to do about that? And not find answers from them. Peter Dunn, political commentator, former MP, thank you very much for your insight and for being on the program. My pleasure. Thank you.